You in? I'm in. Oh my gosh, that's wonderful. I don't know what I did, but it worked. <laughs> okay, you got a minute? Okay, so we can make this happen and then we'll both be um, free to move on. How about that? Okay. Okay. All right, can you hear me? I can hear you. All righty. Okay, give me a minute. Let me um, pull up my questions I had for you. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't take much. <laughs> but it took something. You very determined. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I wanted this to... Um... I'm trying to figure out, man, you know, if I don't know how to do something and it, and, it, and it gets me, it makes me feel some kind of way. Okay. All righty. Okay, so I'm going to play it by ear. All right. So we're going to go ahead and get started. I'll introduce myself and then introduce you and start with my questions and we can go from there. Okay. Okay. All righty. Welcome to another episode of Around the Table with Diva RDN, a perfect voice with timely topics. This is yours truly, Diva RDN, bringing you news you can use about food, nutrition, and culture. And I have the esteemed pleasure to work with uh, Mr. Bill Nelson, a farmer out of Mullins County. And so I'm going to let Mr. Mullins give us a brief introduction of himself and tell us a little bit about you so that we'll know exactly who we're working with and who we're talking to. How about that? Okay. My name is Bill Nelson, as our host has stated, and um, I guess I'm a kind of a wannabe farmer. I was born on a farm, uh, left when I was early, uh, about 12 years old, went to New Jersey, uh, left there, went out to college in Texas, did a lot of show business stuff, but I never forgot my farming roots. So when I had the opportunity, I returned to South Carolina and I like seeing things grow. I like seeing the greenery, and I love fresh vegetables. Me too. So, how many acres of a farm are we talking about? Are you considered a small farmer, a medium-sized farmer, a large farmer, a big-time farmer? How I'm considered a very, very small farmer. I have about 15 acres, and most of that is uh my goats and chickens and stuff like that i had a pond dug on that so i got some fish but uh like i said i'm a small farmer okay so you got goats too i do i love lamb huh and a lot a lot of people do yes i grew up with lamb we used to eat lamb for um easter and christmas and um some of my friends asked me, well, gosh, how were you able to do that? And I said, well, that's something my mom introduced us to. So that's how I was able to eat it. And I love it. It's, it really is an acquired taste. But, um, well, it, like it really is. But the, the way you get through that is you don't name, give, name your animals. Don't give them your, your, your name so they don't become your pets. Right. Okay. Okay. So you got goats and chickens. What kind of chickens do you have? 
they're a mixture of a lot of different kinds. I'm 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 not um, doing the pedigree thing. I just got chickens. Okay, okay. And so, uh, tell me what's in the garden. At this point, we have um, zucchini squash, uh, the yellow uh, crookneck squash, uh, tomatoes, cucumbers. Uh, bell peppers, uh, jalapeno peppers, and uh, some turnips that we just, and beets that we just got last, the rid of them, the last that are gone right now. Beets? That's correct. I love beets. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, I uh, I grew up on, on um, eating all kinds of fresh fruits and vegetables. My father had a farm that was well, not a farm. He just grew a lot of stuff in the front yard, the side yard, the backyard, and the back of the the um, house where he had a um, a mule. And uh, he used to plow the use the mule to plow the field. But we had cabbage, we had watermelon, we had radishes, we had lettuce, butter beans, and okra, which are my favorite. String beans, sweet potatoes, white potatoes, uh, corn. Oh, you really came up on the. Uh... The, the fresh vegetable side of the stick. We had we had all those things as a child too. Yeah, we and I love, I love, I love, I love, I love. So June is National Fresh Fruit and Vegetable Month, and one of the reasons why I wanted to um, interview you, Mr. Nelson, is to get um, your take on the benefits of fresh fruits and vegetables, i.e., um, from a farming perspective. And um, it sounds like that's something you really, really, really enjoy doing and would love to know how we would be able to get persons interested in um, farming in this day and time. It's very difficult and uh, can be very expensive and does require a lot of times, but can also be therapeutic. And I love the benefits um, that are reaped from that uh, experience. So what would be your recommendation for someone who's interested in starting a farm or getting started or just... Well, the first thing you have to know that is very, it's work intensive and in farming and growing vegetables, you got to do something every day. You need to check on your, your plants. You need to check on the condition of them. You need to make sure they're growing like you uh, want them to. Then you have to, you have to know what you're looking for when you're out there. So there is a lot of work. Don't expect it to be real easy, but there's a lot of information out there with the technology is what it is right now. You can Google something and get an answer to it right away. You can get 10 or 15 different answers and try the one that's best suits you. Um, if you do like fresh fruits and, and vegetables and so forth, I would suggest try, just try it. It's not that difficult to, to try. You can get plants to, to grow. Uh, you don't have to have that proverbial green thumb. You just have to have a little time to put into it and to know what you the outcome you want. You have to be aware of the outcome, all the possibilities. And sometimes, you know, no matter what you do, Mother Nature decides on what grows and what don't. So especially if you're doing a... Uh, a, a farm out in the yard where you're expecting rain and, and, and all that kind of stuff, depending on that. Okay, okay. So, um, is it true that you farm or have a garden, if you will, that each year you should rotate your crops so that you can enhance the variability or viability of that particular crop for the year? Well, you can, you can rotate um, if you 
don't, uh, sometimes you may have a little, little difficulty. It may use up the, uh, the, all the ingredients in the soil and you can replace them or replenish them with uh, natural fertilizers, etc. Uh, you can also uh, disc up the remaining stalks and so forth, which becomes a compost and, and that will revitalize the soil also. But rotating crops are good. Okay. 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 I have a little garden myself. Um, I uh, was not successful as I had anticipated for this year. Uh, I'm a big fan of okra. I love okra any way you can prepare them. Uh, I haven't eaten them raw, but I do like to pickle them. But um, my, I planted some okra. I had a little pack of seeds that someone sent me. And um, I went through the whole nine yards of putting it in the refrigerator and cooling it off. And when I was getting ready to... Um, put them in the ground I took them out of the refrigerator and I don't see anything that looks like it's an okra um, coming up so I don't know that I, I gotta go on a hunt to find me some okra this year because I, I love okra but mine didn't do well this year and I know it's it's almost kind of early for some although a good friend of mine she did a spineless okra I think she called it Okay. very tall and slender um, and uh, very tasty and I lived in Atlanta uh prior to moving back home to Florence and used to go to the botanical gardens and they okay. have a edible garden that is used by um, local restaurants there for the farm to table fresh fruits and vegetables um, concept right. and they have uh, a wall that has about 200 different herbs and spices but they also grow okra they have um, a variety of peaches and apple um, uh, trees and and they do cabbage, uh, all kinds of edibles that you can you know use in restaurants. And I realized, um, or I guess it was to my surprise, that they have a red okra. It grows to be a red okra, and um, they say when you cook it, it turns green. I heard it's very good. I've only had the green one that I know of. I've only had the green one, but that sounds interesting. And we did plant okra this year, but we did it from seedlings. And we were very successful at that. They're they're tall. They're producing pretty good right now. We didn't plant a lot of them, but we do have overgrowing right now and coming off as a as a fruit. Oh, good. So I'll have to. I'm going to do a program over mid July in um, Mullins at the library. So I'm going to um, contact you and see if I can purchase some of those okra because I love okra. And like I said, I uh, I prefer them from um, a farmer. Uh, to oh. me, they're just, they're just much, much better. I buy them during the course of the year, but you have to do too much of an inspection to know that they're going to look like they taste like they look. So I like to buy mine fresh and put them up myself because my version of a um, vegetable soup is fresh homegrown tomatoes that I canned or froze and okay. uh, uh, fresh okra that I uh, blanched and put in the freezer. I gotcha. Oh, I just love okra. And then corn. <laughs> I like corn. That's my idea of a vegetable soup. Don't have to have any meat in it. I just like corn. And I like the, um, is it the bicolor? They call it, um, uh, what's it? Is it queen silver or something like that? Uh, I don't, I don't know about uh -huh. that. I'm not familiar with that. But, <laughs> you know, yesterday I did have some okra, corn, tomatoes that was, canned last year somebody did it and i got a jar of it and uh -huh. i actually opened it up last night and had like a little soup going on it was really good 
I bet so. I bet so. I bet so. Oprah and tomato don't last long in my freezer because um, I like tomato soup. That's my favorite soup. And like I said, any opportunity for me to have a vegetable soup, I pull them out. And I love to make um, homemade um, spaghetti, too. So those are things that I use as my base. Um, and I like also making my homemade salsa. So I have some little um, cherry tomatoes that are growing. I pulled my first Roma on Sunday. Saturday. Saturday. Um, didn't mean to. It kind of was half yellow and I, I went to touch it and it just kind of fell off. So I got some of those coming. Um, what else? I have some squash. I have some banana peppers and I have some jalapenos. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really an amateur at that, but I've tried growing okra in a um, tire. Have you done that before? I've not done that before, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure it could be done. Yeah, they said that's a good way to make sure you seal in the moisture so that um, the okra do like a lot of a lot of water. Yeah, they do. They do, and they're kind of temperamental too because um, I've actually gotten. I think the first time I grew okra, I bought it from Walmart, and um, and the plant just sprouted. It had like four different growths coming up, and by the time. I put it in the ground, it um, it had probably twice that many, and I tried to um, separate them. And when you when you change them out after a certain amount of time, um, some of them don't make it because they you know they don't adjust very well to transition. But yeah, um, if you if you lose any of the root mass, then mm-hmm. there is mm-hmm. there, there could be a problem. And okay. you know you mentioned the fact that you love okra. Mm-hmm. We, a lot of people in this area love okra. We have a food. Uh, sharing program that we every Friday from six to seven we give away to the community uh, the stuff that we grow okay. and and people come in they request okra 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 can't get enough of it I know <laughs> so I found I have a friend who has a large large farm in Orange County and uh, he's allowed me to come in go down there and uh, stuff that he can't sell he mm-hmm. has too much or whatever he's he's allowed me to get that and bring back and and then we share it with our community garden the folk oh that's nice that's really really nice um i did a um let's see someone invited me to participate in is it nickels or mullins that has the farmer's market on saturday well, we don't. I don't think we have one. We're trying to get one. Oh, you're trying to get one. Okay, maybe yeah. that was a conversation. Somebody, Carol or Susan or. Okay, um, mm-hmm. I'm. I'm not sure. Uh, familiar with Susan? I'm sure if they're from Nichols and Mullers, I do know them when I see them. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm not sure about that. We are expecting to have have a, a farmers market where all of our farmers with vegetables can bring them in and and have a big sale uh maybe friday saturday uh in in the future uh this year or in the future as in next year maybe as in maybe next year year after but we're working on that at this point okay okay sounds good okay so um do you have um do you man the your uh farm yourself or do you have lots of people that help you or I do mine myself it's not that large but I do do it myself and uh, along with a lot of other stuff that I do uh, okay. But I... okay do you have um, any fruit trees I don't have fruit trees we we're starting a new garden here hopefully in, in, in the fall 
and it'll be an edible garden with lots of fruit trees and, and grapevines and stuff like that. Um, okay, okay. All right, and here, at, I work for Clemson, and uh, here in Florence, we have the um, the Clemson, they call it the REC, but it's the research center out on... Um, uh, out there in the country, I know where it's uh, Yes, out in the country, uh-huh, and they have... Um, they have, I know they have butter beans of variety, um, and they say once they finish with um, whatever the study is, that they will um, send out an email so that we can come out and pick some. They have muscadines. They also. Oh, I love their, to do that. Yeah, I'll let you know. Um, and they also have uh, corn this year. They're doing a study on corn. The corn is probably, um, we'll be ready in a couple of weeks because we were out there about two or three weeks ago for a um, staff meeting, and it wasn't very tall, so I don't know if they started it late, but, um, well, most of the corn I've seen so far is not quite tall as I'm expecting it to be, but I don't remember what the season is for, you know, the time frame is for corn. Here in Mullins, we have, we have t- corn, is, I'm six feet two, we have corn that high right now, taller. And ready, is it coming off? It's coming off, yeah. Okay. You got corn too? I don't have corn. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then they have um, tomatoes. They're doing a big tomato study at the um, farm. And I want to say, I was speaking to one of the um, the graduate students, and I thought he said that they were doing a study on some type of, it's a huge tomato um, that they okay. were doing the study on. And that um, they said they had some tomatoes at one point that um, it was, uh, they didn't know what to do with, so... Uh, when well, those... I wish, I wish they had called called us because I have uh, four young men that uh, they're high school age and I'm trying they're trying to get them interested in farming and so forth. And when I go out places, they go with me and they they actually help me pick stuff so that we can bring it in and share it for our community. Well, I'm going to make a phone call out there because this was back in uh, May, and so he said that um. He said that last year they had so much tomatoes that um, they literally had to just give them away because they didn't have the manpower to pick them and they had completed whatever their study was. So I need to reach out to them and see. I didn't get a chance to do it the other day. Um, Forgot about it, to be honest. So I'll make a note of that. And if I um, get some information that is worthy for you, I'll send it your way. I certainly would appreciate that. And I'm sure my community will appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. People coming by. Uh, and we run out of food sometimes, and that's a good thing. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is. So, um, anything else you want to tell me about farming and um, what would be a good piece of advice for anybody that hears the sound of our voice under this podcast about farming and National Fresh Food and Vegetable Month? Well, I think every month should be National Fresh Food and Vegetable uh, nothing against McDonald's and Burger King, but it doesn't provide the stuff that we need, the stuff that we need to develop, especially for our youth. Uh-huh. And we have so many kids now who are overweight. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and I, I, I work with a lot of them, our young athletes, and they're so their cores are so weak and so forth. And it's from eating the wrong kinds of food and being so inactive. Uh, with the video machines and all this kind of stuff. 
So I would suggest get your kids out the house, get them involved in, in planning something and watching it grow and develop. And once they start to understand where this stuff is coming from and how they can be successful in producing stuff that they eat and that, that they like, I, I think we'll start to turn this thing around where uh, we, can, we, can, we can start by cooking and having really, really good food to eat for a change. And I agree with you 100%. I love to cook and people often tease me about, um, gosh, you love to cook. And I like to go to your different restaurants and see how they put together different things and then come home and put my own spin on it. Um, right. I actually had the opportunity to um, speak with, uh, well, there was a young lady that um, came through my office and she's a master gardener. And um, just as they were getting ready to put out the seeds in early February or so, um, she brought and gave me five varieties of tomatoes. She gave me the banana pepper that I mentioned, the jalapeno, um, some chives or, or onion, I think it was, some type of onion, and um, the squash. And so a few weeks ago, I called. I hadn't spoken to her since um, the time that she gave me the, the um, plant. So I was calling to kind of give her an update. And she says, well, I got so much stuff. I really don't know what to do with it. So she's also into herbs, which I am too. And so she said, um, I have so much herbs, I don't know what to do. And I said, um, well, I would love to be your garbage disposal. So she said, well, come on out. When can you come? So when I got there, she had Swiss chard. I'd never eaten Swiss chard. If if I can remember, that wasn't something that my dad grew. And if it was, it right. was a time. But it's um, very pretty. And it, it reminds you of, um, well, you know, it's in the kale family versus um, the uh, spinach. And mm-hmm. it kind of looks like, if you will, um, from a glimpse, it looks kind of like the beet leaves. Right. And so she gave me, um, when I walked in, she says, well, I don't know if you like Swiss chard, but she says, I just, I, I picked you a few. And um, and I said, yes, I love Swiss chard. Um, I've had it once and I never cooked it myself. So we went out and we picked, um, she gave me uh, a variety of um, parsley that I'd never seen. It was kind of a big, pretty green, green leaf. Um, she gave me some basil. I got some, um, Deal. I got oregano. I got. Um, I must have gotten everything about fifteen or twenty dollars of herbs that I would have paid for the grocery store, and they were not nearly as um, the ones that she gave me wouldn't look like anything that you'd find in the store because you know it's right. gone from this place, that place, and the other. I could hardly wait. It was a Thursday. I got home and I was going to make kind of a um, what I call an egg muffin. Mm-hmm. with eggs and, um, and I was going to use the kale in place of the spinach but I got to um, I started looking at it and I said well before I start cooking on my own whim let me make sure I know what I'm doing so I pulled up on the web um, what I needed to do to because uh, in my mind I'm thinking I'm going to saute it and I did uh, but they said be careful because um, you don't want to throw away the stems so they said chop the stems saute them in a little oil with uh, and I did it some fresh garlic and then fold in your leaves and Mr. Nelson when I tell you I thought if there's any such thing as dying and going to heaven on earth you thought you made it huh? oh my gosh it was so good I posted it on my Facebook page and I told everybody about it I did a podcast so once I um, process this you I'll send you the link and you can listen to some of my podcasts and share them with whomever you like or or how it like. And will. so um, it was so delicious. And as I was cooking it, I 
tasted a little bit and I thought to myself, we're not going to do any egg muffins. This is going to be my meal today. So I had that with a little bit of, um, I had another vegetable that was left over that I had cooked that was really good. Um, I can't remember what it was, but that was my meal for the day and didn't have any meat. And I'm telling you, it was the best thing. So I told everybody uh, when June came in, I said, I'm challenging you for National Fresh Fruit and Vegetable Month to avoid canned and um, frozen foods. Now, I'm not telling you to go home and throw anything out, but just for this time. And if you can do it from now on out, challenge yourself to go and visit your local farmer's market or your local farmers in the area and purchase from them all of these things that are in season and see if you can't tell a huge difference from the food items that you're buying in the grocery store. Yes, they're fresh. You can. Yes, but the ones from the grocery store have traveled a couple miles to get to where we are and who knows what has happened to them. Not necessarily a, a good or bad thing, but you know, in view of everything that's going on now, you know, that it's being passed from one hand to the next, to the truck, to the this, to the that. So if you were able to have that experience of something that just came from out of the ground, I mean, the crisp, the fresh, the delicious, the the, the, the nutrients that you get, uh, and that savory of a flavor that you can't imagine even having, that it even tastes that good until you try it. You don't get that in um, some of your food items you buy from the grocery store from the fresh aisle. So having that experience and also you give it back to the community because persons like yourself who are farmers who um, are doing this for uh, therapeutic, they like it or this is a lifestyle and this is what puts food on the table regardless of what the case is. You're you're giving it back to the community, but you're also getting a great benefit and that is um you're 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 buying into the good new nutrition that's out there i'm also a registered dietitian so um i love just being creative and putting those things together and helping individuals find reason to try something new you go to a restaurant you try it because it sounds good but you won't go to a grocery store and cook it because it requires a little more time so i encourage people to tried that and a lot of my folks who um follow me on my facebook page say gosh you know you put together some stuff that i would have never thought of putting together but you know try it but of course you have to love to cook to do that because that's where um you know it all starts but that's therapeutic for me it it helps me to um if i've had a rough day to go home and cook or throw something together just makes it all the better and then to taste the benefits of whatever I put together in terms of my seasonings really just makes it all for the better. I, you know, everything else dissipates away and I'm ready to start a whole new day and forgot about whatever may be crooked, if you will. So that's my challenge for um, everybody. So um, I'm glad I was creative in trying to make this thing work because I've enjoyed talking with you. Um, Would love to put a name with the face. And um, if you would like to be a guest on the podcast again and if you have anything you want to share that's creative exciting and can be of um, interest to those who um, listen to podcasts um, let me know if you find something unusual do you participate in the fair do you have any of those um, items that you grow that would be worthy of um, competition in the fairs that they have in the fall I have not done that my grandkids used to I would have them let them raise a pig or something like that and show it 
Uh, but haven't done that in a while because my grandkids are big boys now. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and they're not interested in farming. Well, they they're not interested in farming. Uh, we, I had uh, not the little one who is interested. He's not big enough to do anything, but he's out there in my way all the time. Yeah, well, keep him in your way because if you can keep him in your way, you might stimulate some interest. One last thing. Um, I was listening to a podcast last week, and there's a young lady out of Georgia. She has a farm called the Soul Fire Farm. Are you familiar with her? No, I'm not. Soul Fire. She just wrote a book. Um, I um, I do know this. She has internships for um, interested individuals who are interested in um, getting back into the idea of farming and it is um, truly from an African-American um, standpoint so I can't think of her name right now but if you look up um, Soul Fire Farms uh, and I think it's safe to say she is into urban farming but don't quote me on that yeah but she has a new book out she was interviewed on um, NPR and if you want to start there you can just interview I mean uh, Google Soul Fire Farm interview and it will pull up the it, it should pull up the, the interview but um she has a, a website I mean she's um posted on um Facebook and okay. she has internships for um the young minds and I forget um what that time frame is but all of that's listed there um for the taking so if you know of anybody those young kids that you're coaching if anybody shows any interest in um farming let me uh, you know, that would be something you can share with them. I'm also, as Clemson, I'm also the um, school-based wellness program coordinator, so I'm getting ready to become um, a um, physical being with um, the Marion County Schools. Okay. And um, one of the things they're promoting is eating healthy, and I have 13 schools that I will be coordinating or facilitating, and one of the things that they're interested in doing is um, trying to um, use cafeteria and the school as a wellness-based approach to getting individuals to stop drinking sodas for breakfast, eating pizza for breakfast, um, those and, and make healthy choices um, and promote that throughout all of the schools and the district. So and they've just... We, if we could get schools to stop selling potato chips and candy mm -hmm. and all that stuff mm -hmm. out there, which makes no sense to me makes no sense that we well it's 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 everything that they do anymore is is because it generates revenue and if it generates revenue in their mind they're saying that this is what they need to um to do whatever in the schools they even um have now where they're having food trucks come to the schools and i think that's um i don't know about that that's pretty scary because the food trucks i know of unless it's vegan or something that's promoting a plant base or some different style of cuisine. Um, it's your tradition of let's get hat and fappy. I mean, well, let's get fat this, and happy. Yeah. This may be a little controversial, but uh, we live in America. We can uh, we can buy anything we want. We can build anything we want. So why can't we supply our kids with healthy food? Yeah, well, you know, you'd be surprised at what, what um, some of the others say. They think it's it's expensive to eat healthy, but the, the, the money that you spend buying a candy bar, and candy bars are quite expensive anymore because yes, they, are. they have huge grab bags that you pay anywhere from, what, a dollar and fifty to 
And if you go, if you base it on Dollar Tree now, everything is a dollar and twenty-five. So you know, if you can go and then get all of what you want, and that's what they have in those places now, then you should be able to take that money and think strategically about how you can make it work for you from a health standpoint. But that requires some health and some nutrition and a lot of guidance in the schools um, and having that as a part of the curriculum such that it's a mandate that you teach that instead of, um, you know, educating on it's okay to buy what we want, when we want it, how we want it, so on and so forth. But that's another conversation for another day. Um, (laughs) But anyway, thank you. Um, I hope that um, this uh, experience was a good one for you. It was truly a good one for me. Um, And again, if you have any information you want to share from the standpoint of farming, um, it's National Fresh Fruit and Vegetable Month, but I think to um, promote the idea of getting back into the game of farming for um, individuals, for young minds, um, is always a conversation every day, all day, and it doesn't have to be a celebration of a particular month, but it can be an opportunity to possibly um, ignite Absolutely. Emulate some thought and possibly consider um, a change of heart in terms of what individuals would have in terms of uh, opportunities. Uh, and the sky's the limit, I believe. I believe that too. And don't forget that we any excess food that somebody might produce that they can't get rid of, if they want to share it with us in our community, we gladly come pick it up. We go out in the fields, we'll pick it, we'll do what we 